why is there left behind for kids? Who thought that was a good idea? Like, my sister collected that version and I collected the adult series. That's how committed I was to it. There was so much wrong with it. (laughs) Eschatology for children is kind of a really heavy stuff for kids to deal with. It went two ways. It went like, this is really cool. Or it went like me sitting in my bed at 11 having uh, like existential crisis, waking up my parents and being like, I'm going to die. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the first episode of Between You and Me for 2021. Thank the Lord on high we made it to this year. This is the podcast where we talk about the things that hurt, heal and change us in evangelical culture. My name is Jess Morris. I am a music journalist and and every episode it is my delight to create conversations with music makers and people in the industry about the stuff that is normally a bit more taboo. It means that this is a place where hopefully everyone feels like they belong. At the moment, the world feels really divided, right? And the church feels really divided. I'm sure over the holiday break, a lot of you experienced that probably in your own families, in your old churches, in your communities, all of those things. So by coming together in this podcast, telling stories, my hope is that we get to see each other as human, that we get to explore and discover truth together, that we find out what love means together. And we do it through the lens of our favorite musicians, because they often have a really beautiful, organic, and amazing way of telling stories, right? Well, today is no different, because we are starting this year with an independent rock band from Kansas City, Missouri. I decided to start the year with this band, Faint Heart, because I was so excited to step out of the Christian music world and talk to people who are heavily involved in like their local music gig scene, right, when COVID isn't happening. But they also explore religion and politics and growing up in a really beautiful, organic way that sometimes we actually don't see in Christian music. So when I was approached by these guys, particularly by Jeremy, and they sent me some music, I heard it and I was so excited. We are going to talk about their EP, Growing Pains, today. It's their third EP this group formed in 2016, and I listened to it and loved it because I felt like it was my story. These are a bunch of guys who have various stories growing up. They're in their like 20s, 30s. But like a lot of us, they've had to unravel. What do I believe? What? Where do I stand on politics? How do I express this? Is it okay if I don't know what I believe right now? Like, what do relationships mean? What does it mean when someone I know dies? All of the key questions of life, but they have expressed it in this really, really cool way. Now, I talked to Jeremy and Riley last year and... What caught me is when they said everyone comes up to them after concerts and says, you remind me of, insert favorite band here. I did exactly the same thing. I heard Faint Heart and I remembered the band Deer's Veil from probably 10, 15 years ago. It was sort of like struggled with the line between Christian music and cool music. And Faint Heart are their own unique band, so I would never want to say they are a replica of something else. But they reminded me about the best parts of music that made me love alternative rock when I was a teenager. The things that made me push the envelope on what was 
secular and trendy uh, and just reminds me what really good music is, what really good poetry is in rock music. I think that you are going to love these guys. So you're about to hear a short bio and then we will get straight into this interview with Faint Heart. Fans of indie rock music from small town America will already know and love Faint Heart. The four-piece band formed in 2016 and are loosely based in Kansas City, the Missouri side. I say loosely because the four members of the band, Tanner Bott, Hunter Owen, Jeremy Klein and Riley Corbin, have actually never lived in the same city. This makes their adaptable and digitally viable style of making music perfect, especially considering that lockdown impacted the music bits so much in 2020. So, how is Faintheart different to your average band, you may ask? Well, for one thing, they have managed to keep the organic homegrown sound while exploring topics that transcend the lives of every 20 and 30-something, right? Topics like mental health, relationships, religion, politics and faith are given prominence as they grapple with what it means to be fully authentic humans while equally valuing the poeticism and artistry that is allowed when you're an independent band and can set your own guidelines. This means Fainheart are not a Christian band, so don't go thinking you're about to hear them on K-Love, that's not their target audience. But it does mean that they have the unique ability to create great music that explores evangelistic culture and other facets of growing up in the Midwest in a unique and necessary way that lots of us relate to. The band's first single, You and I, made its mark finding its way onto Spotify playlists, radio stations across the US, and was even included in Substream magazine. This is no small feat for a small indie expression with minimal backing. Their self-titled EP solidified their fan base and their penchant for sharing introspective and personal tunes means that people personally connected with them, reminding them of a favourite memory. Faintheart's second EP, The Overview Effect, followed and saw the team embrace technology to make it possible. They used Google Drive and Skype. Clearly, these were the days before Zoom and a pandemic existed, right? In any case, they crowdfunded this record and it chronicled the American condition in 2018 from their perspective. It expressed real-life stories about mental health and politics. During this time, they also shared the stage with bands like Knox Hamilton, The Dangerous Summer, Super Whatever, The Moth and Flame, Vinyl Theatre, Slaughter Beach and Dog the Band. Faintheart's single Us followed and it heralded in their latest EP, The Brave and Raw Growing Pains, which released in November last year. Created between three different cities during a very strange year, they managed to find the common thread in every young adult's story, all the while sharing their unique perspective over some catchy and melodic rock tones. Discussing loss and grief, it is an apt EP for a traumatic year, yet one that gives a listener hope through their ambition to seek truth and wholeness within each song. I spoke to Riley Corbin and Jeremy Klein, the two members who are based in Kansas City, about what it means to go against the grain in your family or a conservative upbringing and express this musically, and why growing pains are necessary, albeit painful, part of growing up. This interview was so much fun. I felt like I met people who I would be friends with in real life. Meet Faint Heart. So, Faint Heart, can you guys introduce yourselves as a band and then for people listening, tell me about each of you, Riley and Jeremy. Sure thing. Well, I'll start. Uh, my name is Riley. I play guitar in Faint Heart um, and I've got Jeremy with me too today. Hello. I am the other disembodied voice, Jeremy. There's actually two other uh, people who um, aren't with us at the moment. 
um, in the band Tanner and Hunter as well. But um, awesome. I play bass. And how long have you both been in Faint Heart, the band? Um, we've been a band for, gosh, uh, four oh, years yes. now. Yeah. And you were the only remaining members living in Kansas City. Yeah, our band's kind of a weird story. Um, we all met, you know, at, at the same centralized location in college. Um, but now, um, yeah, so Riley and I live here in Kansas City. Um, and uh, Tanner, our uh, vocalist, lives about two hours to the west. And then our drummer, Hunter, um, lives in Chicago. So maybe, Riley, you could maybe kind of talk about how that works. It works. <laughs> or how we make it work, maybe. <laughs> maybe it doesn't work. <laughs> We're still doing it, and I think that's all that matters. But, yeah, the whole remoteness of it has kind of become a cornerstone. And with the current state of the world, it's only been like we were ready for this from the beginning. And we're like... Because we've been remote for mm-hmm. like three years now. So in the business world, yeah. I think that means... Yeah. We're right, we're like preppers. <laughs> Ahead of the curve, absolutely. So you just released the EP, your new EP. Can you tell me, well, just released a month ago or so, but in any, anything in 2020 feels fluid. So congratulations on the new EP. Can you tell me about it? Um, and it feels like a cliche question, but for you guys, like, what inspired it? What makes it like the signature of Faint Heart in 2020? Yeah, well, thank you. I think, uh, you know, it's like, you know, time, uh, time's not real anymore. Um, so yeah, 2020 is wild. Um, yeah, I think, I think one thing that's interesting is, you know, we all have a really big hand in the, the songwriting, um, process, especially words and everything, but, you know, I think the story with our our band, um, and just kind of maybe some labels that have been put on us, um, or corners we've been maybe painted into or whatever. Um, I, but I, I think the entire time, I think the story of our band has just been a lot of honesty and, and how we use art to maybe understand our experience and our place in the world. Um, and the songs, I think, kind of reflect that. And I think this most recent collection of songs, you know, um, aptly named Growing Pains is just kind of like reconciling a lot of that. And, um, you know, it's like, what does it mean of like, kind of like, I guess we're technically out of emerging adulthood it's, it's and maybe in full adulthood now. Um, you know, and it's... <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's it's a, it's a spectrum, sure. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, us, uh, I, you know, I, I remember even on like our first EP, I think somebody was like, they're here to ask a lot of questions. Um, and I think maybe that's the personality of all of us, you know, then just put into the music. Um, but yeah, I think this release maybe just feels a little bit more honest with ourselves. And I think that's a lot of growth um, on our end as well. Riley, like maybe you could, yeah, you know, I get think your thoughts on that too. It's always funny to like, so for people that don't know us, we're like four piece rock band from the middle of the United States. Like people call it the flyover States. And I think what's really interesting about what we do is that three of us are songwriters and bring songs as a band and just our personalities are very much like we're really good friends and we really care about each other. And there's no like, ego involved in our creative process almost where everyone's got great ideas and we're really excited to express those and carry the heavy and honest things that we bring to our music and so i feel like that's kind of always how it's been uh, and this one specifically even during that writing process was a lot of like just sitting with each other and i mean just personally pushing each other to ask hard questions and develop a lot and to you know really address things that are going on in multiple areas of our lives. So I feel like 
for people that wouldn't know us or know that that's a band, maybe that is interesting to hear, you know, especially for Jeremy and I, cause neither of us are the vocalists. Like we, we don't really sing and to have Tanner be someone that we are so comfortable with letting convey those things. And yeah, it's, it's an interesting process. Yeah. yeah part of that. I feel like most of the time you hear is like, yeah. yeah, I'm the lead singer and I'm also the songwriter and like, this is my band and we do this thing together. So it's, it's an interesting circumstance for us to think. So the EP is, I think one of those, Big growing moments for us and why I named Growing Pains. I was the only son I was a childish one I was invincible A bit of a loaded gun I was too proud to show understanding of middle of America flyover states uh, and this is an Australian so tell me if, please tell me if I'm wrong I, I have some friends so who are sort of from there. my understanding is um, very conservative very working class probably Republican largely white can I say that um, that's but, but it's just um, that's sort of not not Southern, but this whole, like, this ethos of working hard and staying true to your morals and doing your thing. Um, my understanding is that in that sense, there's a whole lot of nationalism and a fair bit of religious construction that you may have grown up with. That's what I got from your music. Is that a correct assumption? Did I get that wrong? No, I think that's that's spot on. I funny that I speak up about it. <laughs> no, it's, I'm the only one that is not from Kansas. <laughs> you, like... No. Oh, sorry, I was about to say you moved to Kansas. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Where were you well, living before you came to Kansas, Riley? <laughs> uh, so I was living in Arizona before that uh, and then grew up in Denver as a kid. And so uh, it's so funny that you <laughs> say that too, though, because as an Arizona, why Kansas? Like, why are you moving to Kansas? And then people just, yeah, I think why Kansas is a big question that people ask. Uh, but I think you hit it on the head. Being being someone who's an outsider and coming in, it's like, what is out in the middle of America but farmland? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think we're technically in the Bible Belt, you know, as well. Um, so I think you're, yeah, you're, you're uh, I love that. I was, I was really excited to hear your, um, your assumptions or impressions of it. Um, but yeah, I think that's, I think that's totally right. And I think, um, you know, I think that's a lot of part of growing up is it's kind of like, uh, uh, you know, how do you operate in the world and how do you see things? And, um, you know, it does feel like, uh, uh, kind of forming your own opinions on it and like, but also just being rooted in this, like maybe expectation or pressure that you carry, um, and whether it's expressed or vocalized or not, but, um, you know, a lot of that pressure or expectation you um, 
carry about how you're supposed to live your life. Um, and just kind of a lot of the things you're seeing, especially mm-hmm. nationalism is really big um, at the moment. And um, I mean, if we want to get real, uh, you know, kind of honest real quick, I, I, I think, I think that's like a really big thing within the American church is nationalism. You know um, it's kind of like, you know, um, the church doesn't belong to America. You know, America belongs to the, the, the churches and, you know, the, the body, you know, yeah, I hear that. And I loved that you so organically weave that into your music. It's not like a force part of it. It's just part of your everyday life. Like how you guys tackle mental health and just tackle like, I know there's a song on there about one of you having a family member who's sick, things like that. And I really, maybe this is just because I listen to so much quote unquote Christian CCM music. I love, I love the lyrics in it. I love how they, how they weave together to tell a story without being cliche um, and how there was something really raw in it. Like you guys have a, you know, a lot to lose in a sense from telling these stories. Um, that was my perspective. Um, so in that, in that sense, can you tell me both individually or together as, as much as you want your choice, who was God for you growing up, if anything, and what was the catalyst to have you start shifting and questioning that to get you to where this Growing Pains EP is? Because this EP, you're just throwing all the questions at the wall, which I love. So in your own abbreviated version, can you take me on that journey? I love that question. I'm laughing only because um, it's, it's my, I have a terrible poker face, but I'm just laughing because I, I one, um, just like, thank you for your affirmation in that. Um, and just feeling really seen by that. And I think, you know, um, I, I think just really growing up for me was really um, white Republican American red blooded Jesus, you know, um, actually grew up in the Catholic church. Um, wow. Yeah. It's kind of a weird story. Uh, mostly, but then also some Methodist as well. Um, That's amazing. you know, and I, I think a lot of my own personal faith journey has really been like trying to figure out, um, who, who or what God is in all of this. Um, and, you know, growing up with a kind of, in my opinion now, sort of pretty punitive view of a God, um, really angry God, um, a not loving God, you know, or maybe if he loves me, he doesn't like me, um, yeah. you know, and um, a very conditional God, um, you know, just a, a lot of like rule following and kind of, you know, a lot of stuff, I think, with um growing up in as like a, a child of nineties, uh, kind of evangelical culture or even, you know, adjacent to that, a lot of like uh, purity culture and especially like, um, you know, like I, I, I even said, you know, like, uh, it's like kind of like a weird name drop, but I feel like your audience would like, but you know, it's like Dan Koch stuff on end oh, times anxiety. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember, yeah, we actually, we, we played with, um, Sherwood a couple of years ago, but, um, uh, but like, I just remember seeing Left Behind oh, as a kid, and you know, yes. like, oh my god, yes! Why is there Left Behind <laughs> for kids? 
Who thought that was a good idea? My sister like, collected that version and I collected the adult series. That's how committed I was to it. There was so much wrong with it. Yeah. <laughs> Eschatology for children is kind of a really heavy It went two ways. It went like, this is really cool. Or it went like me sitting in my bed at 11, having uh, like existential crisis, waking up my parents and being like, I'm going to die. There's hope bursting at the seams And there's doubt clouding all my dreams I wanna know what it all means To find the balance in between My belief and my doubt Oh, you're not so devout Standing up for what's right for tonight Is it hope that you sell That we're heading for hell Is it love when we serve ourselves Were these walls meant to be torn down Or have the answers been found Will we swim or will we drown? Or will we learn to listen? Is it true wisdom comes with age? If we don't learn to turn the page With so much good and so much pain I have learned to be okay My belief and my doubt not so devout Standing up for what's right Hey, are you a creator? Do you like creating fancy slideshows for church? Or maybe you're a videographer, a podcaster like me. Maybe you just love creating things and you need amazing stock music or videos to fill the needs. That is where Soundstripe comes in. The team at Soundstripe are world-class musicians who have hired world-class musicians to create stock music without all the loopholes of licensing. Simply subscribe and you can select what track you want and license it as many times as you want. It's a great way to support artists and create world-class content. We love our friends at Soundstripe. We have been partnered with them since the first episode of Between You and Me, and we are so grateful for their support. If you would like to use their content or check them out, go right now to soundstripe.com and use the code UMEPOD at checkout for 10% off. That is the code UMEPOD at the checkout, and you will get 10% off. You're welcome. Hey, it's me again. Big surprise, I know. But you know what I love? Nearly equally as much as good music. I love a good band tea. And I love a good nostalgic band tea, which is why I'm a big fan of the Between You and Me web store. If you head there right now, you will actually find that we have throwbacks to some of the most iconic Christian musicians and plenty of ammunition for the next catch up with the friends you survived Christian college with or who also survived being a PK with. 
go check out our t-shirts, our hoodies, our masks, because that's a thing in 2020, and even our phone covers or notebooks. We would love you to take home a piece of Between You and Me. And remember wherever you go that you belong here, that you are part of a family of misfits and worshippers and questioners and people who apparently like nostalgia. Go and check it out now at our website, betweenyouandmepod.com, and hit the shop button. No, I think, I mean, I think, you know, it's all tough stuff. And it's funny, you know, it's like, I feel like the the music for us is really just kind of a, a really, it's a look into our conversations. It's things we talk about a lot, Um, you know, and I think even as you mentioned, it's like talking about like, uh, you know, the gamut from like, is this like nine to five? Is this job? Is this it? You know, to mental health, to uh parents getting cancer you know and 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 mortality and then just kind of like where are you left in all of it and just kind of almost clinging to the things that matter so um it's 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 a lot you know and i'm i'm not 100% sure where i'm at on all of it i think the door's still open you know um but i think it's maybe not open for the god i was raised with or raised by however you want to look at that um, you know, I think one thing, I think one thing that was, um, like maybe one of the things I felt like the most seen with was even watching, um, oh, yeah. you know, strange negotiations, that the David was on, um, kind of documentary thing they put out, um, a few years ago. And, and, and he says something to the effect of like, um, you know, I'll always be like, um, a son of the evangelical movement, or he says something to that effect. And I really feel like it's like, I'm just like, I don't know, God's kind of just always going to be this whole, this whole thing is always going to be part of me. And there's even, you know, they're interviewing some people in the audience at, at the show and they're like, you know, I miss church. I don't know if I miss the church that I experienced or was a part of. And, and I think that's maybe a pretty good representation of where I feel like I'm at personally. Um, I know Riley had a, a very different experience yeah. that we've talked about. Uh, so that question for me, could you, could you reiterate the question if you have it like written down? No, no, that's okay. Let's let's see how this goes. It's in my head. Um, oh, wow. Can you I'll tell me who, who God? That's why it took so long to come out. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you tell me who God was for you, if anything, growing up, um, and how how that has been challenged or maybe reconstructed and has brought you guys to this EP? Yeah. So. My story, again, I, being in Arizona, I grew up with like the Protestant Christianity, pretty American oriented. And my family wasn't really big churchgoers. Like we were, we'd go to church sometimes or whatever. Um, but I started going to church in Arizona to a really large mega church. And um, that kind of got me just interested. It was a lot of production and lights. And I I almost feel like maybe I was just more interested in that than God, to be honest at the time. And um, and that's a strategy and a lot of people employ it. And uh, you have a song about that. You have a song about that on the EP, don't you? We do. And funny enough, I didn't write that one and that's not coming from me. No, and it's, no, but that's what's crazy. And I think that's what's, we, we all genuinely have very different backgrounds, even when it comes to like, American branded Christianity and that one coming from Tanner, him and I, I sat down and wrote a lot of it. 
together, but a lot of it coming from his perspective and realizing someone who went to a church in the middle of Wichita, Kansas has a similar perspective that I do in Arizona and realizing that there are a lot of things that are overlapping, but yeah, for sure. Um, Sorry, back to your story. <laughs> yeah. Back to my story that growing up in this big mega church, uh, being involved in, you know, the worship music scene and involved in all these different things. Uh, what I start to find is like a catalyst for me is that the theme is that I've never really questioned the existence of God and Christianity and who Jesus is as a person and what his gospel is for the world. I started to question how the American church was executing that and how they were trying to represent that. And so what started to happen for me was um, my personality started to ask a lot of questions and push a lot of buttons and start to um, question authority, question people that were teaching me. And most of it out of a place, not necessarily to just like stick it to the man, punk rock, but more like I need to understand this in a way that I can genuinely put this into my life. And this like fervorment of like, I want to be a good person. I want to be like this Jesus person and not just say that I am. And I don't want to be that lukewarm person, like have a really, you know, dead set on thing and realize that that had to really sit with me and that anything that wasn't sitting right, wasn't wrong, that it wasn't sitting right, but that maybe I just needed to work with it longer. Um, but that I would never just like settle with that. And I think that's kind of always been my underlying thing. And so that turned into a lot of being in this mega church and um, having experiences that when I look back on them, it's like, why was a 15, 16 year old experiencing some of the things I was from people in leadership? Why was a 15, 16 year old having these conversations with adults and getting told certain things that just turned out to be really traumatic for me? Um, that kind of extended my college years. I ended up going to um, like a Bible college, kind of like seminary prep school. And I honestly loved it. I loved my teachers. I loved what I was learning. But the farther I got into school and the more I learned about Jesus and was taking these questions and bringing them to the table and being like, what am I going to do with these things? And studying and asking questions about theology and learning all these different things, all it started to come down to was like, I feel like what I'm seeing happen around me doesn't add up. And the Jesus and the good news that I am understanding and feel like is being revealed to me is not what's happening on many different levels. And so I think it's coming down to this point now where it's like, what does that mean for what I identify as uh, to the social world around me? And how do I interact with that when the predominant church is acting a certain way and the things that I feel like are of the heart of Jesus aren't represented there? Um, so I think that comes down to when it, with music being like, how do I ask this question and continue to wrestle with that and continue to, uh, you know, figure out where I am and what's next. the 
choose to publicly create this music, tell your stories. Um, even though I imagine it's awesome because you find community with each other, you find community with a whole bunch of other recovering church kids like, like me um, and, uh, and stuff like that. But what, what's the risk of sharing those thoughts and those questions out loud? Um, only because I've, I've never seen a more divided America socially. Well, yeah, like, like it's really, really obvious right now, a more divided church. But I also know there's a lot of a cost. I've had lots of friends struggle with relationships with their families and like their hometown. So has there been any repercussions for you or any fears for you in sharing your stories? Is honestly. Yes. I also think, man, uh, I don't want to speak for Tanner and I really wish he was here, but I know that, he is someone and he he wrote a couple of my favorite songs on the album but i just think there's a lot of really cool things that he has perspective of he's just such a a kind person and someone who doesn't want to rock the boat and so when he brings up his questions and music it's something that it doesn't ever feel offensive but it really is getting to the point and i know for him it's we played uh the song i can't find that he wrote uh, at a show and his parents and grandmother were there. And I remember just that they, yeah, and I don't blame him. And he's like, these are things I'm feeling. This is where I've been, but I don't know how to have a conversation with my family. And I mean, I think you hit it saying that is like that. We understand for us that like to make something that's honest and to push ourselves into that is like to be saying that we are willing to have those conversations. We're willing to, you know, navigate, all these different things with the people around us and especially with those closest with us. So yeah, it definitely has pushed us into a lot of those conversations, which I think is part of the growing pains process with people is we're also asking people to ask similar questions with us. And I think, um, you know, I think to your point that it's like, we, we, I would agree. It feels like, you know, we are divided and not, you know, obviously I think we try to, to look for maybe frame a positive or something, but I think in that in that division or in that dichotomy, there's a lot of oversimplification. And I feel like maybe our music tries to exist a little bit more in the gray, you know, like I, I feel like, um, you know, maybe in a, a simplification or overgeneralization, I feel like maybe the door's still open for a lot of us on church stuff. And so it's not just like, you know, it's like, we're not having like a song that's like, this is the death of God, which we could, you know, but it's like, what does that actually mean? Um, but I think, I think, I mean, there's been stuff where it's like, Maybe we don't get um, on a radio station that we used to be on. Um, maybe we don't get on a certain Spotify playlist anymore, you know? Um, but I think we always also joke that there, like, I think in that honesty is something that I think a lot of, um, we always say like our, our music is for current or former youth group kids, but I don't think honesty was maybe always allowed. I think it was partially allowed. Like you could ask some questions and they definitely encourage you to ask questions, but you could only ask certain questions. Um, and so I feel like maybe in a lot of it, I, I think with our band too, we just really try to curate a, and create a community um, that like whatever, you know, we just want, we just want you to feel seen um, and we want you to feel cared for. Um, and so I, I, I think in some of that, 
in, in a lot of ways, maybe um, I think that honesty can actually be kind of freeing and refreshing. God bless the names carved on the plaque outside your door. God bless the money spent on giving us these floors. The band's performing well, the drums don't miss a beat. This Sunday's worship sure is pretty neat. I can't find on this album we've talked about deconstructing religion and faith um what else do you guys discuss or would you like to dive into um i think you know i, I think what this just kind of came to me too is like you know as you're thinking of like um i don't know like repercussions or what has the feedback been you know I, I think for me um you know like the song everything is a distraction is very personal but just you know right out of the gate of it's like you know, if I fall far from the family tree, does that make me a bad seed? And I think that's a lot of like, you know, if you think about any good, like literary hero, they always have to leave home and then they come back changed. Um, like, so, but, but that change in that journey is actually can be pretty fearful um, and fear inducing and, and pretty scary. Um, and so I think, you know, for me personally, a lot of it, it's like, um, you know, when you, when you think about this, high intensity in, in an environment that we're in of it's like, you know, uh, and a lot of times too, it's like leaving church is really leaving your tribe and your identity. And, and that's also pretty scary stuff. Um, and I think that's really what that song um, deals about. And, and a lot of, um, you know, some, some shame in that too, uh, just in general. But yeah, I think, you know, that one um, for me personally, um, I think is, uh, it kind of just sort of spilled out of me, uh, which I think is, you know, um, maybe telling or, or interesting, you know. Um, but yeah, I think it's just full of a lot of questions in that one too. Um, so I think that'd be my answer on that one. Yeah, I think we'll probably just go with, so Jeremy wrote that song on the EP and then I'm probably gonna talk about the there one that go. I wrote because it's the one closest to me. Um, and so, yeah, right. Uh, so I wrote Say to Me and it's the second song um, and kind of tied in with Jeremy's is uh, when the EP came out my dad called me and we were just chatting and he's like hey I really love the new music my dad is just a big fan and always wants to, to hear me play and so he's just excited for that and he it's like I was like, yeah, I was like, it's really cool to get to write a song and put it on the EP. And I was like, yeah, I wrote this one. He's like, oh, so the parents line is about me. And I was like, no, 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 wait. Uh, so that was a fun transition to have to explain. But 
Yeah, in that song, um, kind of exploring uh, a conversation I've had with a friend, um, and it's very much centered around the idea of mental health and specifically suicide, which 2020 has been um, just a big year for me with that, uh, um, personally experiencing loss of friends and uh, conversations that could have led to losing more friends, um, and thankfully not. And so um, having these conversations with people and literally just being like, I don't know how me, myself, being someone who has just struggled with mental health, depression, and suicide, to be like, I'm in this position. And now I have friends that are also in this position. It's like, I don't know how to help. And I understand that there's so many things wrapped up in all of this. And so uh, for me, that was kind of a song to like explore that and also open up the conversation to that this is something we should talk about. This is something that we need to be talking about and realize that asking for help, especially when something like depression and specifically suicide is happening, that you're experiencing, that it's not something that is wrong with you, that like as a person, but more that there's something happening where it's an illness that uh, getting help just like you would anything else is totally appropriate and totally the move to make. Um, and so I think having the opportunity to explore that for myself, uh, solidify that and even being like, yeah, in these moments, this is an emergency. It's not that you're really sad. It's that you are sick and there's something happening. There's something happening that we need to address and get emergency help for as well. So, yeah. Um, you've managed to, like listening through it, you've managed to weave all those themes together really well. I know I said that before, but it's not like a, this is the mental health song and this is the religion song. It's like a, here are just songs about our journey. Um because it's really easy yeah. uh, and because I work in Christian music a lot of the time, it's like a lot of it's like, this is a song that's going to do this. Um, but because you don't have that agenda, you're just doing your thing. It's great. Um, and I think it's why you're so approachable music wise for people outside of the church who have left the church, which is so needed. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. I feel like we're, we're not trying to do anything up. Like I think when it comes to lyrics, we're just like, what does it really feel like? And just try to get to that or, you know, what are we really trying to explore and say? And yeah, I think that's, it's interesting to kind of thinking about it right now is like the way you want to tell a story and feeling like, well, how do I make this relatable for everyone? And you almost overthink it where instead it's like, well, what is this going to relate to me and those nearest to me? And what's going to be the most honest expression of that? And I don't know, I think like the word authenticity is like this very hard thing to find. And you can't say we're going to shoot for it because you're probably going to miss it. Yeah, it's just, just got to be something that you have, you know. Yeah. And it's also the hardest thing to do. So because yeah. <laughs> I think we're all figuring out what that is. Yeah. Especially when authenticity has now somehow become a cool buzzword. <laughs> so we're yeah. like, what's it's happened? <laughs> it's like authenticity. You say to me, I haven't felt myself since 23. I'm having thoughts that are starting to scare me. I prayed to God, but I'm not sure you heard me. I think there's something wrong. Like maybe it's my parents with a cross around my neck. Or maybe it's just me.
one questions for you. These are just random questions I thought of that have no place. Love but it. hey, it could be fun. So what has been when when you were actually touring and performing, when that existed before whatever happened with COVID, what is the funniest moment you've ever had on stage? Um man, I'm almost the the weirdest thing I feel like actually here's mine is actually uh the things everybody says to you afterwards like uh, we always joke that we're um four really shy boys um but like just some of the things and and and, and the comparisons people always give us they'll be like oh you guys sound exactly like and i mean like legitimately fill in the blank we've heard almost everything from like uh and i think it's probably just like you sound like my favorite band um you know it'll be like yeah you guys sound like cool and I'm like, wow, I don't hear that, but thanks, you know, or they'll be like, uh, they're like, yeah, you sound like yellow card. And I'm like, cool. Thank you. You know? Yeah. You sound like sticks. Card. Y'all sound like. <laughs> uh, like so some, some people just say the absolute <laughs> wildest things to people after they played a show. And I think I'm just like, I'm really glad yeah, that we make I, you feel I, I like your favorite great, band. You know, Cause you I would never have the guts to just go up to like, I'm imagining yeah. me going up to like, I don't know, Jimmy Eat World and be like, you know, y'all really sound like Boston. Like what? Oh, yeah. You know, but I love <laughs> the people in the world that can do that. Totally. And then they even feel like they yeah. can come up and talk to us, which has like been my favorite thing. I think similar to this question was we were playing uh, a festival in Ohio. And I remember getting off stage and one being like, we were playing in Ohio. It's like, Jeremy's always like, yeah, we have a really big following in Ohio. And I'm like, what like why why ohio and we're playing our set and there's like a good handful of people there and some of them there to see us and i was like this is really cool and i get off stage and this person just comes up to me and hugs me like 10 seconds got off the stage and they're just like full embrace hug and it was a person quite larger than me and so it was an experience and i was also just like wow i didn't know that this is that big for you it's no space Non-existent. Once you've had that little connection, it just falls in. Totally right. So like, hello. <laughs> also, I'm like, you know, I I just play guitar. Like, I, I'm not. I wasn't even like the guy. You know. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. You poor thing. Amazing. What an honor. But also, oh wow. Double edged. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. If you could tour with anybody, living or dead, who would it be and why? You want to go first? Oh man. I mean, I think living would be for me, Manchester Orchestra. I've always just been a huge fanboy of them. Just always have been. And I, I think about them six times before I was, you know, 17 and got to chat with them at one of the shows and it was like changed my world. And so even just be like, I'd love to hang out with them. That'd be really cool for me. And anyone in that like early two thousands vein that they were in, I would love to be in that world for a minute. I think that would be cool. I think for me, it'd be um, Jimmy at World, for sure. Um, just what, like, an iconic band and just big guitars and seem like total sweethearts, you know? And then I think I, I, I think I can confidently say, I think our collective band answer, though, to speak for the other two, would be Death Cat for Cutie. Yep. Oh, easy. Yep. Nice. Oh, solid choice. That's like our holy trinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, I feel like it's like that's who we kind of like oh, to no, sound like. No, I didn't. 
Yeah, I think even like the people I want to go on tour with are just cool to hang out with. I think it's any of any of those people. But I'm also like, we would yeah. want to go on tour to hang out with them yeah. and maybe not play music because we're just like, you guys are great. Can we can we roast you for you and be around? Because yeah. that'd be cool. My last question for you: If you could go back to 2015, the day before you started this band or joined this band and it was forms, what would you say to yourself knowing what you know now? Jeremy, you start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. I was going to say I have an answer. I just don't want to step in your toes. Um, just keep writing. Just, like, don't stop. You know, like, I have actually feel like um, kind of the weird thing about, like, you know, um, I've been fortunate enough to be able to work from home, um, you know, during all of this, but I've been making time and, and trying to practice into more of a routine of writing more. And I feel like it was in way more fruitful. And I'm like, why haven't I been doing this longer? You know, um, you know, I, 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 I just think, uh, you know, creativity is as much a discipline as it is an inspiration. Yeah. Well said. I think if I were to go back, I would be like, Hey, Riley, these are the guys. And the context of that is that, they had been in a band prior and that they had been playing together. And then they asked me to come in and fill in, in this previous band playing bass on this. Is my favorite part of the story is they're like, yeah, want to come play a gig with us. And me coming from the church background of playing. Oh, we, we used to play like this. So this was an old band, but we'd play like bars and right. Clubs and Jaren's like, yeah, come play a gig with us. And I'm like, sounds great. I would love to do that. I didn't get to play tons of gigs growing up because that wasn't, allowed in the circles I was in. And I was like, this sounds fun. I'd love to do that. And uh, they're like, yeah, come on and uh, show up. And we're playing a worship conference and they, they left that part out. <laughs> and so I show up, I'm like, Oh, I, I know how to do this. And so, but yeah, long story. You're, you're one shot at being at leveling up and being cool. I feel your pain. I've never been that person either. <laughs> totally. And it was great. Um, but yeah. And then they were like, Hey, you want to be in these photos? I'm like, sure. They're like, cool. You want to be in the, this band? I'm like, yeah. And I think if I go back and be like, yeah, man, these, these are the guys we will make some music with moving forward. And honestly, I feel like to be able to say we've been doing it for years and with no like, end in sight there's a lot of longevity to it for us is a really good feeling and i think it's something that young people who are just crazy about music are always looking for people that you can have that kind of long-term chemistry with so to be able to be like this is it and to feel comfortable with that would have been a really encouraging thing for younger riley to hear you know Bye.
has been so long since I have worked with or written about or, or been to gigs with small independent bands. For a, a few years back, I used to write for a few local um, music magazines in my town and like in Melbourne. And one of the best parts of that was discovering this amazing new talent, people who live near me or like an hour from me, who were creating music and songs that just spoke to me and that you could like hear them in like a club or or in a small gig and you would just feel a sense of community even though you didn't know their story you felt like you had some sort of connection with them because their storytelling was that good and it it, it wasn't commercial it, it wasn't packaged they weren't trying to impress anyone. It was just their thing. And I think every city, every area that's like a music hotspot has its own sort of vibe that goes with that. In Melbourne, it's this really weird, like, be authentic, be raw, be real, but also you want to impress people somewhat. So you want to be wearing the right thing or saying the right thing. You still want to be making the right music. But when you push past that, the societal pressures, um, you just find bands and people and musicians who can write really good music. Some of them make it big, a lot of them don't, but you find that if you can cotton on to their music and follow their careers, it's just like, it just makes your heart happy. Faint Heart feel like one of those bands. They, they sound like one of those unaffected bands that are honest. Um, and I'm, I'm used to week in and week out having like press releases sent about Christian music artists and, and gigs and stuff. And don't get me wrong. I love that. I love that. It's sort of part of my job, but it's refreshing seems like a cliche word, but it's just, it's so different. And it's so cool to be reminded of why I love music, of why I love authentic storytelling. Um, you don't need a label to, to be authentic storytellers. You don't need to be a Christian band to grapple with religion. Uh, and in many ways, for me, the fact that they're not in Christian music, I nearly feel like more of an affinity with them. Like it's okay if I don't belong or if I feel like a bit of a misfit or if I'm asking tough questions because they're doing it too. And we're seeing some of that come up in Christian music now, but um, there's just something really raw and organic and, and like, I know, you know, when back in the day when we could actually go to live concerts, you know, like when you were, you were standing in a club, once we all grappled with the sinfulness of that, if it was even a sin, um, and, and we were like jam packed in and it smells like sweat and it's this really dark, musty venue, but this band comes on the stage and it's probably like a bunch of guys in skinny jeans, depending on what era you were in, but they set up and it takes about 10 minutes and they're squeaking and like the, I don't know, but it's, it's awkward, but then they start playing and all of a sudden you are taken from this tiny, uncomfortable, dark room to like a place where you feel like heaven opens above you. That's what live music does for me live music in small venues. That's what indie artists do for me. That's what Faint Heart reminds me of. And because of that, I felt like like their music feels like home to me. And I really appreciate that because I haven't lost any of themselves in trying to communicate that. They've stayed true to themselves. And that's not easy. Um, 
it's hard to make it as a band these days, but this crew are, are doing it because they love it and they're doing it over three cities. Like, how, how do you even do that? Even during a pandemic, like, Zoom meetings are complicated enough for work, but a creative process like this is something else. So um, I hope that you 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 appreciated the story that we heard from these these guys today and that perhaps you even found a home or your place at the table of life of christianity of the church when you hear this music we don't have to look and sound religious or have a really clear facade or be perfect or like hillsong united to belong we already belong. That's For me, that's who God is. That's what love is. Um, and there's plenty of room at the table for ripped jeans and independent artists and records and musty rooms where you're smelling alcohol for the first time and you're grappling with, hang on, I was told I wasn't meant to drink, but I do I? And, and, and you're asking questions. And it's sort of... It... it, it they're really the EP Growing Pains really encapsulates the journey for me of going, this is what I thought my identity was and this is me stepping out of it and deconstructing it and choosing what I want to rebuild with. But I'm gonna I'm gonna have the control to rebuild and choose what I want to rebuild with. That's what these these songs mean to me and I really appreciated it. So thank you. Thank you very much, um, Riley and Jeremy. It was so much fun to chat with you. Um, thank you so much. You can connect now with Faint Heart online. Just check out at We Are Faint Heart. You can find their latest EP, Growing Pains Now, on all music streaming outlets. You'll find all those links in our show notes. Go and show them some love. Go and give them a follow. See what they are up to. These are cool people with a great sound. I highly recommend it. That is all I have for today's episode. I know that this is 2021 now. Oh man, I'm so excited. I am just so relieved. I know it's just like another turn of the clock, another turn of the calendar, but do we need a fresh start? Um, so whether you're listening to this right on New Year's Day, how? I mean, how are you awake right now? You're amazing. I I don't get it. But in any case, I'm so glad you're here. Or if you're listening to it in the week following or like on the drive to work or or on a walk or while you're cooped up in your house in lockdown. I hope this finds home with you. Thank you for doing two years of life together with Between You and Me. I'm excited for 2021. I'm excited for the interviews that we are about to bring you and the stories we're going to tell and the ground that we are going to cover and take I would love to hear from you. You can connect with me online at Jessica K. Morris. You can connect directly with the podcast at Between You and Me Pods. While you are doing that, please make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and give us a review. What a great Christmas present or late Christmas present as it would be a five-star review with some sort of lovely comment about interviews or Australian accents or koalas or unicorns or, you know, I'll take whatever. Um, just some suggestions, throwing it out there. That is all. Thank you so much, my friends, for being here. We got to 2021. We can do anything. Here's to hope. I've been empty. When I'm low, you fill the cup. Yeah, but my ego fights back, telling me that I'm ready to grab the wheel and take control. But I'll crash if I don't let myself let go. You put the air.
Next to me. Right next to me. Right next to me. 